Night Whispers. It's a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Night Whispers, October 28. Remembering the rock piles of redemption. Your dream word, consider. Joshua chapter 4 verses 4 till 7 reads, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. There is little that is more enduring than rock. In my homeland, the famous Stonehenge and many dancing rock circles are even now intriguing testimonies to ancient communities long since wiped from the face of the earth. Yet still, whilst they have long since gone, the testimony of speaking rocks remains, for there is little that is more enduring than rock. My suspicion is that God delights in rock more than he delights in any other non-sentient part of his creation. The fixed, protective immovability of rock is at the very least that which he desires most for us and in us. Yet I think there may be also a secret and a metaphysical side to rocks yet to be fully comprehended by us. For what other singing sentinels stand so firm in the bearing of their living water-spewing testimonials than rocks. Yes, a rock followed Israel in the wilderness, and that rock was Christ. Yes, a rock was struck in the wilderness, and it spewed out its water. Yes, Jesus said, If the children don't praise me now, the very rocks will cry out to sing my praises. Yes, there is little more enduring than rock, and there's a whole lot more to rock, I believe, than at the moment we realise. In any event, God wants us to remember, and like so much of the Old Testament, begins to bookend the chapters of his redemptive story with rock altars and rock piles. In our text for tonight, it is from the middle of a presently dried up Jordan River that twelve burly tribal representatives obey the command of God and remove the smooth stones from the middle of the river to dry Canaan land, to then stand as a generational testimony to what God had done for the Israelites. Yet tonight it is not this rock pile which I am focused upon so much, but rather the Joshua rock pile that is listed in verse 9, which reads, And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Listen now. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, 
in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. Joshua chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Now, maybe Joshua was following some other unrecorded explicit command of God right here in verse 9, or maybe Joshua did this of his own bat. Who knows? Still, tonight, underneath the rolling Jordan, lay twelve now very smooth stones, all huddled together in the wet and fishy darkness. Here, then, is a hidden rock pile, an unseen testimony, yet a testimony known by one and all who have been redeemed. Yes, the visible pile, taken up from the middle of Jordan, speaks yet of another pile of unseen rocks, brought from the wilderness, maybe, but now long since hidden, covered, all smoothed out a long, long time ago. Well, so what? Well, for now, let me invite you to consider the following two brief points. First, I wonder if occasionally, when Jordan shallowed out, that the upper part of this Joshua rock pile became visible. For sure, sometimes, you know, when our own river shallows out, we can often be tempted to look to going back to Egypt. But when we do, let us make sure that we see those rock piles of remembrance, placed there in the middle of the flow, which remind us of God's goodness in his deliverance of us from Egypt, from the wilderness, from bondage, and so set our sails to only stay in Canaan. Second, surely our present life of victory should be so full of present and permanent testimonies to a salvation once wrought upon us and continually wrought upon us, and these testimonies should be even rock-like testimonies to a redemption from a dreadful slavery to sin, and a lostness in a wandering and dried-up wilderness. Are we building these rock piles in our life? Are we erecting these altars of remembrance to God? Surely we should be. For when Jordan runs shallow and the going gets tough, we need to look to our salvation-seen rock piles and ask ourselves on that night, what do these stones mean to me? They shall indeed mean something special for you, and in particular, That rock pile in the middle of Jordan should be a testimony to your redemption from the bondage of the wilderness, from Egypt itself, and the fact that everything to do with your old life is gone and lost forever in the middle of God's redemptive pathway. We need to set up these rock piles. But what do modern rock piles look like? Well, maybe they look like a name change, or an inscribed book, a particular picture, a planted tree, a service, a song, a tattoo, a time of remembrance, or even a cairn in your very own garden. Whatever they are, friends, set up your rock altars and raise up your own standing stones and build remembrances into your life, not just for yourself, but so that when your children ask you what mean these stones, you will have a glorious answer for them. Remember, there is nothing more enduring than a rock where and how high shall you make your rock piles? Where and how honourable shall you build your altars of rock? Listen, and as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, but the waters which came down from upstream stood still, and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. 
and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Joshua 3 verse 15 to 17. Pray with me please. Jesus, when your feet stepped into Jordan's floods between heaven's desire and the Father's will, the waters rose up, O Lord, rose up in a heap so very far away at the base feet of Adam hoping still. Thank you that in the river pathway of my redemption, O Lord, every testimony to my sin is now covered over. All is made smooth by the waters of your rich red love. Thank you, Father. Amen, and may I never forget it. Hi, it's Victor Robert Farrell here. Support us today by getting your latest copy of Night Whispers from nightwhispers.com. That's nightwhispers.com.